0: Hey team, welcome to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. The podcast where we actually explore the minds of leaders from all around the agriculture and agribusiness space about what it takes to lead intentionally in this industry today. My friends, if there's some value in here for you today, we ask you to subscribe to the podcast, share this with someone who needs to hear the message of what it takes to be intentional. Let's get into the show. Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Agribusiness Leader Podcast. This is Mark, your host, and uh, today I'm joined with Josh Cox out in California, man. What's going on? How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, Excited to jump into this conversation with you. I'm you know you're uh, you're you're a young guy in a in a big leadership role, running a business, built this thing pretty much from the ground up, from what I understand, right? And uh, You know, leading leading a kick ass team and and uh, and taking names. So let's start off with the opening question, which is, what does it mean for you to be intentional? So intentional. I mean, you you
1: dive into what does that mean. I mean, it's it's waking up every day with a purpose, whether it's a Monday, whether it's a Saturday you know what are you setting out to accomplish i mean some people say wow you're 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 intentional even about your saturdays and sundays well i mean intentionality even goes down to planning to take a nap to catch up on some rest i mean you you become you know so deep in what you do to plan for your next week or what you've missed out on or those kinds of things i mean I think that's really what it means to be intentional is to just every day have a purpose, even if it's as small as taking a nap. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you, th- do you think that maybe that scares some people off a little bit? Cause we, and not, I don't mean this in a negative way to your answer, but I'm just thinking about a lot of people don't do the work to be intentional because it requires commitment.
1: It does. I, and I think you, you kind of go back to the thermostat. Most people like their thermostat set at a, a 65, 70, you know, type, type, uh, degree, but you get up to a 90, 95. I mean, even the most driven people have to check themselves and say, Hey, I'm, I'm now operating at a 75 degree thermostat. You know, I got to kick it back up to a 90. I mean, that's, that's on that intentionality of you, you've got to get up and, and do it every day.
0: Yeah. I like that analogy. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Cause it's like, Hey, <clears throat> most people operate, right around 70 degrees, 68, yeah. 70 to keep it there. And that's just, that's good. That's good for most people. It's comfortable.
1: It's comfortable. And it's I cool. think if you're, if you're trying to get out of a comfort zone, you got to turn it up to 90, 95. I mean, some people turn it up over, over a hundred, which yeah, those, those people you you got to take in small bits because they're at a hundred all the time.
0: <laughs> My infrared sauna goes to one fifty. There you go. There you that's go. Un- that's uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for long periods.
0: Yeah. Right on, man. Cool. What uh, what are you guys doing? What's your take on on attracting and r- retaining good talent? A lot of people seem to struggle with it. Um you guys have been growing and and adding to the team, so what do you do?
1: We have and and we so we've been in business January will be the start of year 10. Uh retention is always big. And and I think the way you can intentionally retain talent is make sure everyone feels appreciated i mean one of the biggest things that i do is it's my goal daily to build someone up you know bring them always expect them to get to the next level i mean from from our delivery drivers to our general manager to everyone kind of in in between you got to make sure they're appreciated uh because i mean if not, what what are they doing it for? And I think that's what gets lost in some of these Fortune 500 corporate companies is, you know, you're you're kind of just a, a body in some of these cases, which is unfortunate. And, and but to, to be able to retain people and do it successfully is make them feel appreciated. You know, whether that's mm-hmm. um, you know with compliments, compensation. I mean, realistically, at the end of the day, even if it takes a little bit of your bottom line away. Make sure these people feel appreciated and that'll lead to some retention. And again, build them up to, to be a better self of, of what they're trying to be.
0: Yeah. There's so many opinions and ways and tactics and tactics, yeah. and strategies obviously to, to do that, but you're, you play it simple right at the onset, which I love. And unfortunately, I mean, not a lot of people have mentioned this in in response to this question over 30, some interviews I've done so far, make them feel appreciated. Yeah. I think you have to, I mean, it's, it doesn't take a ton of time or money. No, it's, it's kind of a simple
1: tactic. I mean, if, if they feel appreciated, you know, doing things, going out of the way to, to make them, you know, feel that they're needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that lends to, to retention bar none.
0: Yeah. You know, I learned from Tony Robbins years ago that the number one contributor to happiness as humans is progress. Right? So when I'm progressing, when I feel like I'm progressing toward a goal, feel like I'm progressing, I'm getting better in my role, whatever the case may be, I'm. it, it contributes to my overall happiness. And I think what happens for a lot of people, and you, you referred to larger organizations, and I just want to kind of tap back because there's a lot of intentional people inside large organizations, but this is where your people get lost, intentional yep. leaders inside large organizations, is they they probably stop feeling like what they're doing is progressing them and they're not totally connected to how it progresses the overall mission well I think you see it in
1: segments you see segments of certain businesses that you know do retain people and it's like okay why you you look at it and you dive in and it's like okay there's that that person feels appreciated or that leader uses the tactic of appreciation to retain people and get them to you know pro- progress
0: like you said mm-hmm yeah. Uh, and there's a, there's an old quote. I've posted this many times. It says that people uh, people will do almost anything for leaders that make them feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe that 100. So, yeah, big time. All right, man. What uh, let's talk about building culture in a small business. What how, how important is culture? How do you go about intentionally building that in your space? I think you gotta
1: earn the respect of your team. I mean, first and foremost is is. You earn respect of your team. The culture kind of follows. Uh, it, it's not uh, it's not hard to do. Um, you just got to make them, you know, perform to your level, but show the respect to get them there. Um, you know, if you're not building those up around you, then the culture and retention, it, it gets lost. I mean, it goes back to question number 2
0: Mm-hmm. So dive into the earn, earn, earning the respect of your team. What what does that look like from a leadership perspective? What's a give us one or two specifics on how that how that works for you?
1: Well, I, I think you you got to listen to your team. I mean, listen to to the critique. I mean, it, it's cliche, but having an open door policy. I mean, my door's always open. Come and talk to me. I mean, before you start to build animosity, before there's issues or, or turmoil amongst themselves come and talk to me let's see if we can try and solve that which i think having that policy earns respect of oh I can I can walk into josh's office anytime and and hammer this out and, and I you can have the the process of okay you can come and talk to me anytime but you also got to react on it you know I've had some issues uh in the past where a couple of people have come to me and said hey this 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 is the situation what are we going to do about it well i put a plan together and and we enact it. And then, you know, I think that's kind of where the respect comes from is, is listening to what's needed and then reacting on it. Not saying you got to do everything that that comes your way because it's, that's not possible, but at least trying to make an attempt to solve that issue every single time.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's great, and so you're actually listening and then taking action based on the feedback or the requests that you're that you're getting from the team. I ask that as a qualifier because I think a lot of people say earn the or will hear earn the respect of your team and automatically interpret that as grind harder, (laughs) right? Yeah, and see, I don't, I don't think, I don't see that on my side as
1: as grind harder. I mean, yeah, that'd be great, but that's not realistically what we're what we're trying to accomplish in the long run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's there, there's the old guard that I see a lot of people, you know, where it's just, I, yeah. well we respect the guy cause he works really hard. He's dependable. He gets the job done and that's important. That's an important aspect of respect to the team. Uh, and right. Man, like you can never, if you're on the team of the guy who just outworks everyone, well, it's pretty tough in my opinion to be able to repeat that culture. Cause if that person leaves or retires, what happens to your culture?
1: yeah, it's, it, it kind of goes with the mm-hmm. one that left.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Cool, man. What's What's been the biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome in, in your role?
1: I, I think the biggest hurdle for me, you started out the interview saying I'm, I'm young, 30, um, started this business 10 years ago. So I was 20 at that point. I think the biggest hurdle's just been uncharted waters. I mean, I've, I've never had a, job in the past that I've really been able to latch on to and learn and have a mentor. I mean, ha- I've had plenty of mentors and, and people throughout the last 10 years. But before that, when starting this, going to college, doing those different things, there wasn't really someone or something that stood out that I really was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to model that uh, in whatever I do one day. Um, so, yeah, the, my biggest hurdle as a leader has just been trying to, to pick nuggets out of I read a lot, trying to figure out where can we implement things. What do we do to change this? You know, if this isn't working, what do we do? Um, yeah, just really, I guess un- I say uncharted waters. That's a nice way to put it, but it's inexperience. I mean, it's inexperience as a leader has has been my my biggest hurdle. Trial and error. Uh,
0: yep. And yeah. Well, just so you know, once you get to be forty, there's it's still going to happen. <laughs> yeah,
1: it doesn't. It doesn't change.
0: I learned that one the hard way. I was like, "Man, when does it get easy?" No, it's not. It's yeah,
1: <laughs> it doesn't. It
0: doesn't. You know, it really, really doesn't. Unless you want to quit, right, or unless you want to be a sixty-eight degree guy.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not me. I'm not wired that way. So I, I'm perfectly fine with the uncharted waters and trial and error.
0: What's 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 your set point? You like about ninety-two or? Right around that
1: 90, I mean, there's certain times during the year where I'll, I'll really crank it up or or for a certain month of the year, whether I'm trying to do some sort of fitness challenge or or mm-hmm. read some book that really was inspirational, I'm like, okay, I'm going to crank it up a little bit. I understand that you can't keep it cranked up to the 100 year round, but, but picking some times throughout the year to, to really crank it up.
0: Yeah. I think this is, Then we're coming back to that analogy again, but it's when you think about it like a thermostat. Right. When it, when I need it hot, I can make it hot. Yeah. And to Dial it back. We can dial it back. And that's mm-hmm. all based on what are the results I guess that I need to be producing or we need to be producing that time of year, man.
1: Well, and I also look at it too. Uh, there, there's a lot of uh, separation days, you know, what, where, if I'm at 92 and all the competition is at 68, I mean, we're, we're taping this the day before Thanksgiving. I mean, we're in the office. I'll be in the office most of today. I'll be in the office the day after, after Thanksgiving, just because we're in town and, and those kinds of things, but create some separation from your competition. And, and to be able to do that, you've got to be turned up to that 90 plus, you know, you've got to look for those opportunities for separation day.
0: Good stuff, man. Uh, what's been, what's been your biggest win so far?
1: Um, I would say that the team respects me as, as a leader. Um, I think that's based on work ethic and, and passion for what we do. Which is great because they all try and match it. I mean, I don't expect them to match my work ethic, my passion. You know, when you're the you're the owner, you know, you don't you can't expect that kind of passion. Uh, but seeing people try to attempt the work ethic, the passion, all that—that's great. Uh, you talked about uh, when someone in your organization's the the grinder, the the best guy you've got, and they move on, that kind of dies with them. Uh, my my example of that is Tom Brady. I mean Tom Brady leads the Patriots to how many Super Bowls? Then he moves on to the Bucks and wins another Super Bowl. I mean what are the Patriots doing today? I saw a report that Bill Belichick doesn't know who he's starting on Sunday. I mean that's a perfect example of you know when someone else moves out. So that's why retention is key and can't expect people not to retire or not to move on, but but trying to have the culture around that to where there's someone else that can step into that role. Uh, and unfortunately, I think the Patriots kind of did a poor job of of getting someone in place to replicate Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady's probably not replicated. The dude's got a thermostat at 100 all the time, uh, from what it seems. I mean, he'd get to the gym at 6, be the first one in there. Guys would try and beat him to the gym. He's there at 4 a.m., you know, when he was first starting his career. So, uh, yeah, I think the biggest win is, as a leader is just getting people to try and mirror your work ethic. Uh, That's been my biggest win so far.
0: Absolutely. It speaks to systems too, because if you don't have that system to produce a good solid backup, then you just don't have one. And there's obviously, there's something special about the Brady's and the Jordan's and the Kobe's and so Mm -hmm. on and so forth, right? That's that's unique. They just outwork everybody. Yeah. They do other practices, but which by the way, from an intentional leadership standpoint, I wish more people would pay attention to how the GOATs, uh, like like that, how well they take care of themselves. Yep. They take care. Well, of and them. I think, I think that's a, a perfect, it's a segment
1: kind of into one of your other questions, but, uh, you know, reading and following like a Tim Grover, who yep. was Michael Jordan's trainer, was Kobe's trainer, is presently Russell Wilson's trainer. You know, mm-hmm. look at what they do to take care of themselves on a day-to-day basis and look what they put them through to continue to excel at the level they did.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, I, and I'm talking, getting into like supplementation, exercise, uh, stem cell treatments. <laughs> I mean, well, you talked about, you know, uh, your infrared sauna. I mean, even down to,
1: to you know, chiro treatment, different things like that. I mean, there's there's so much that you can do for yourself that, I mean, it takes money. It, it's, not, it's not cheap, but these guys make millions and millions of dollars to be able to take care of themselves. But you got to look at, okay, what can I do? you know, maybe that bag of chips isn't a good idea. I mean, even down to that level.
0: Yeah. All right. Who have you admired most over the course of your career?
1: So there's an older gentleman in the industry, seasoned. uh, He's technically a sales rep of mine for a generic chemical company. Uh, He's ran multiple large companies as CEO before stepping into a consultant role towards the end of his career. So I met him about eight years ago. And uh, I was a kid at that point, 22, knew very little about our industry. Uh, But since our first conversation, the guys never led me astray, whether it was for his benefit or not. um, I've never gotten advice from him that I've been like, oh, that was that was in his favor, not in mine. Uh, You know, he's he's gotten me information throughout our, our relationship of doesn't matter if it's for for good or bad for his well doing, it was you know what was best for me. Um, uh, and that's, I mean, that's admirable, especially for taking on a kid that you know you don't know who what's going to turn out. Are you wasting your time or those kinds of things? So, I mean, my biggest, biggest person that I've admired in my career is, is this gentleman who's really just you know a leader in his space. And we all talk about it like, man, we're 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 dreading the day that he retires. you talk about a goat that moves on, yeah, that's him,
0: yeah, awesome it's It's always those people that that pour so much back into you they create the win 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 for everyone. yeah
1: yeah, exactly and it, I mean, even if it's not a, an instant gratification win for them, it'll be a win in the long run. and I think realizing that at a at an early point in your career will pay dividends throughout
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. You bet, man. What, uh, what, what, books are you liking right now? What, uh, what sticks out to you that's helpful?
1: So one of the books that I've read recently, and it goes again, kind of the theme of our conversations, that thermostat is when the thermostat gets turned down or, or it starts to cool off a little bit, you know, what can we do to bring it back up? Um, one of the books I read, it was, I think last year, year before was can't hurt me by David Goggins. Mm. Um, he tells the story of an overweight, poverty stricken man who was abused as a kid who becomes a Navy SEAL. It took him several times to go through naval, Navy SEAL training to uh, succeed. But this guy is intense. I mean, a, something, a switch flip that this guy is, is, if you don't know who David Goggins is, go on YouTube. I will say that if you've never heard the F word before, maybe don't read this book because it's intense and there's a lot of them that are thrown around. Um, but uh, yeah, one that's good for, or if you need your thermostat or you feel like I'm just not, I'm just not. Taking my holding myself accountable to my full potential. Yeah. Read that book and it'll it'll amp you up. Of man, I'm I'm really not doing enough.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goggins uh, definitely does it for me there. Uh, and he had, and he came into my life at a really crucial time when his book first came out here, going back 2019, I think it was. Uh, and my nephew actually lived with me at the time. And my nephew had been going through a tough time after he got out of the Marines, a lot of mental health issues, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a couple of different things, but. One of the things he came down and, and lived with me and I got him started on reading. And so he read can't hurt me mm-hmm. and ended up getting back into the military and ended up at butts. Ultimately. Oh, well, wow. the goal became to come you know, and he didn't make it through buds. He quit, but I mean, to go from oh, borderline yeah. to from suicidal to fully like back yeah. in shape, mentally healthy, made it that far, gave him a goal to shoot for. And so we had a lot of Goggins. We, we, uh, we did a road trip one day, about seven hours, one way. And, uh, between the road trip out and the road trip back, we crushed the audiobook book
1: yeah, <laughs> together.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a great motivator. Another one that gets me, I don't know if you've uh, read this. He's, I think he's a California guy originally. Um, Tim Kennedy. I haven't. So he wrote a book called scars and stripes. Huh. Which, given the background in your office here, those of you yeah, that, yeah, American flag, wooden yeah. American flag, signed, uh, hanging on the wall back there, uh, but uh, yeah. So Tim Kennedy wrote "Scars and Stripes," and and, and he's done some really cool work. When um, like when Biden left in the and that administration left, all of our allies hanging out to dry in Afghanistan. I mean, Tim Tim spent time in Afghanistan, but he got his people together. They went and bought airplanes, like seven thirty sevens and got them into Kabul and they went out in the streets and they found our allies and brought them home. Wow. Wow. where Where the military wasn't allowed to the state department couldn't handle it. They couldn't go in with the Taliban closing in on them and like literally executing people all around. They went and got all of our people, got them on planes and got them home.
1: Wow. Yeah. I'll check that one out.
0: Yeah, it's a great, great book. He covers his whole story. And then uh, he started a program called Sheep Dog Response, which trains every everyday guys like you and me to be able to defend our households and uh, oh, cool. be be the front line if things go south, you know, in society. So interesting. Very Another lovely. one on
1: that uh David Goggins. If you haven't read uh Jesse Itzler's book, Living with a Seal, yeah. That's a good one because that's it. he he paid Goggins to live with him for 30 days and pretty mm-hmm. much just he paid the dude to kick his ass. I mean, that's the bottom line of the book and it's, it's hilarious. It's a, it's a much more lighthearted read, mm-hmm. but still like, wow, this guy, this guy is intense.
0: Yeah. All right. I could probably place a bet on this, but what, what do you do to keep your energy up and, and stay productive? Set lofty goals.
1: I mean, I've got my, my goal sheet here. That's at my desk year round. I set them at the at the end of one year going into the next and them as needed. Um, you know, get up with intention seven days a week. You know, I, I've kind of bought into the 10 X rule of, uh, Grant Cardone of, you know, mm-hmm. multiply your goals by 10. I mean, if you, you're going to fail and you know, you're going to fail, but even if you do a fraction of 10 X of what you originally set, you know, you're, you're light years ahead. Um, uh, in 2023 really took exercise and diet, um, uh, going back to taking care of yourself, really put emphasis on exercise diet supplements making sure that we're we're firing all on all cylinders um doing infrared sauna you know trying to, to get it get myself to do more of the cold plunge type stuff you know all those kinds of things to really keep the energy up i mean i'm still i'm still guilty of a diet coke in the afternoon um you know, my,
0: that's your advice.
1: Yeah. My one vice, um, don't smoke, don't chew, but yeah, diet Coke, man, I can't seem to get away from that one, but, uh, yeah. those are, those are ways to keep my energy up.
0: That's good. Have you done 75 hard yet? I did. I did do yeah.
1: 75 hard, completed it about a year ago. Um, saw some, some really good benefits. I've tried it again recently. It's not as, it's hard to get motivated to do it a second time, but I, I mm-hmm. completed it once. I think I've done it four times. I've gotten, I've gotten far. I I failed the first time, um, on day like 52 or something. I forgot Mm. to take my damn picture. I mean, the most mundane of the tasks is in 75 hard. I forgot, but
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's rough. I saw one guy, um, who's in a a mastermind that I'm a part of, he got to day 73 and he fell asleep with a quarter gallon of water in his jug.
1: Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. it's just a small task. I mean, yeah. you're doing two workouts a day. One being outside. You're drinking a gallon of water. You're reading ten pictures, ten pages of nonfiction. You're taking a picture. It's everyone I talk to. It's the mundane task that they end up forgetting that resets them. Yeah. It's not the two workouts. It's not the ten pages. You know, it's it's the the water. It's the picture. It's yeah,
0: crazy. Yeah, yeah. but it's such a it's such a good reflection of life because that program with those six things that you got to do every day checking everything, every single thing off or else you start over. And here's the end. This is maybe even makes it harder. It's free. It's free. Right. Cause you're not yeah. paying no. 50 bucks a month or a hundred bucks a month to go to the gym, to do it. It's just free. It's a free thing you do. You can, you don't have to have a membership at all. Just no. go outside, You know, yep. go to your garage. I go to my garage and do it, you know? So it's uh yeah, it's one of those things where it shows you, where you are not intentional it does because it exposes everything
1: yeah and it goes back to the thermostat again i mean we keep reverting back to that when i feel like my thermostat's set too low 75 hardy, whether i complained it or not it's one way to get my act back in gear of getting into a system getting into a schedule doing all these things to really get myself
0: yeah you know, motivated again right on man yeah, it definitely showed for me we started teaching people differently. So what is the intentional protocol that you need to show up and start your day at work? Yes, cuz without those intentional protocols, people will we we're good for 5 days, we're good for 15 days, but man day 25, day 35, day 55, you know, things go off the rails, you get a you get a little cold, get sick, somebody quits, life gets hard. Right? And we get yeah. off weeds and if we don't have those protocols to come back to, to keep us on that intentional pathway. Then we get off in weeds. Yep. So cool, man. Good, uh, good stuff here. So uh, what's, what's one big thing you want to improve on going into
1: 2024? Uh, one of the things to improve on is, is it's cliche, but it's working on the business, not always in the business. I've built a team that, I expect them to be intentional daily. So let them do their job and not interject. I couldn't tell you how many draft emails I have in my outbox of, of outlook that I type. And I'm like, no, I'm I'm not going to send that because they need to handle it on their own. I don't need to interject. They can handle it. leave it alone. Um, So, so working on the business, not in the business, you know, and, and going back to the 80 20 rule of as long as they're doing things your way 80% of the time, you have to be okay with that 20% that is not done 100% your way, but still gets the job done. Um, And that's where I kind of struggle. So 2024 is really trying to step back, work on the business, not always in the business, not always sitting in ops all day long, not living in my email, working on some bigger things uh, throughout the year.
0: Yeah. It's a, that's a great catch, man, and such an important protocol for all leaders to take a look at. And a lot of people holding on to things, hold, not delegating, not letting go. Yeah. Because just, you know, maybe we might have to go back and fix that or may not show up exactly how I would do it. But man, if you get somebody who who can go 80% of the way that you will do it and they enjoy mm-hmm. doing it, most of the time they're going to end up doing it better than you. Yeah, yeah, let them do it. Mm-hmm. Let them do it. Yeah. Well, cool. Let's talk about vulnerability a little bit, um, and then I want one more question after that to to, to add on here. But, well, how how does vul- vulnerability work in your space for for creating an an, an intentional work environment? I think it's crucial.
1: Uh, you know, vulnerability. It's kind of a bad word. Like, oh, I'm I'm the top dog. I can't be vulnerable. No BS. You know, it. We're not robots. We're not here just moving chess pieces. We're all people if you're wrong, admit it, if you're right, admit it, you know, that leads to a stronger work bond of, yeah, Hey, that that's on me. That's my mistake. Um, We had a driver last year who made a mistake driving and it was, it was somewhat tied to something I had previously said of, of how to be operational on the truck or whatever. Uh, And I never updated our process on that. So that was on me. I mean, that, that ticket was on me. Uh, so taking ownership of saying, Hey, that's, that's all on me. I'll take full brunt of it. But I also expect the same from everyone else. Hey, if you mess up, say it, you know, let's, let's get to the bottom of why it happened. Let's fix it. Let's make sure the customer's good. Let's try and retain the customer if it's that big of an issue. Uh, but accepting responsibility, regardless of where you're at in the organizational chart. I mean, I think vulnerability plays into that so big that you can't have an ego that gets in the way of that.
0: You got it. Great answer, man. So you're a young guy. You've been building this thing up for 20, for for 10 years since you were 20. So you're only 30. How many people you got working for you? Uh, I think we're at
1: 12 or 13.
0: Okay. So we got a, got a good, solid growing team, Mm -hmm. but what was different for you than say the, another person who may have just gone in and done a regular career gone, you know, graduated university at 22 you know, go work for one of the big companies, something like that. Why, why, why was your path so different?
1: I think a lot of it was just determination and drive. Uh, also opportunity. I was blessed with opportunity. Uh, didn't come from a family business that I could take over. You know, I, I I, was intentional about trying to learn things. And hence a lot of it was dumb luck or right place at the right time. Uh, I remember going in, uh, my parents set up a... Uh, uh, an investment portfolio from when I was a kid that was supposed to be for college. I decided I wasn't going to pull any money out of that. I was going to work and pay for college myself out of my own pocket. So I remember going in after halfway through college and meeting with the financial advisor, you know, the once a year deal. And I said, Hey, what, what books can I read? I mean, I'm trying to learn as much about business as possible. And, you know, she pointed to her bookshelf and said, if you haven't read rich dad, poor dad, read it. I mean, I grabbed it that afternoon, read it. Um, I, I took stuff out of that book. I've taken stuff out of a lot of books. I hated to read in high school. I mean, I I would get the cliff notes. I would BS my way through the papers. I, I hated to read. Uh, but since I graduated high school and, and getting to pick what I like to read, nonfiction, always trying to pick up on a nugget that we can implement, um, that's been big. So I, I think a, it goes back to your question of what was different. I think intentionality was a little different. I had bigger aspirations. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but at the end of the day, I took steps to try and figure it out. And I think a lot of times people get sucked into, you know, I'm just going to get a job. I'm going to use my degree. I'm going to do these things, which is great. It, it all depends on how you're wired. And I truly believe that everyone's wired a little different. Some people are wired to, they got to be their own boss or want to be their own boss. And some people are, are just perfectly fine, you know, being working in a company and succeeding that way working your way up the organizational chart, uh, within, within a big company. So, I mean, it, it's all preference, I think. Um, but for me, it was, it was a little bit of attentionality, a little bit of dumb luck and just a, a pretty decent work ethic, I would say.
0: Yeah. That's a fantastic story, by the way. Thank you for sharing that. that Cause I was curious, how did, uh, how did you get started? And, yeah. You know, Where did that all come from? So Robert but- Kiyosaki. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and If you guys have not read that, or if you don't know what the four quadrants are, if you can't tell me yeah. what the four quadrants are right now, you need to go get that book again and, and reread it. And here's why. You know, we live in a world right now, I think, Josh, where so many people mm-hmm. have been following a program and probably the program that they were given. Mm-hmm. They're following that program unintentionally. And the, inten- the unintentional downstream consequence to that is that you don't have your personal sovereignty at the level that you could have it. And if you go and solve for those four quadrants, you can. Yeah. From, at least from a financial perspective. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to explain the four quadrants. A lot of people. Go no, no, I think that's a great. Yeah. One. If, you no.
1: yeah if you haven't read rich hat, Dad, Poor Dad. I, I recommend it. I, people come into my office. You can't see it. My bookshelf is behind my computers, but uh, they say, why do you have five copies of Rich Dad Poor Dad on your, on your shelf? That makes no sense. I said, well, have you read it? Well, no. I said, well, take a copy. I yeah. mean, that's what they're there for. Take a copy, read it. Um, if you don't read it, give it back because someone else is going to get more out of it than you.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. I love it, dude. This has been a fun conversation. Thanks for sharing everything today and appreciate you being on here.
1: Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me. Great stuff, man.
0: I hope today's episode brought you a great deal of value about what it takes to lead life and lead in this industry with intention. If you want to go deeper on the topic of leading with intention, I encourage you to head on over to intentionaltoolbox.com and get the seven free tools that will help you to lead your life in all areas with a greater deal of intention. That's intentionaltoolbox.com. And finally, if, if this message resonated today, if there's something in here that you got value from, I promise you there's someone else in your life who also would get value from this. So please share the episode, share the podcast, and make sure that you subscribe.